Hello and welcome everyone to the Solutions Brewing Podcast. I'm Brendan Peepa. I'm joined here as always with uh, Rob and Steve Sock. Um, today we're going to be talking about souring yeasts. Uh, no, we're not talking about souring yeasts. We're talking about... <laughs> That's what we were talking well, about beforehand. Be we're actually going to be might, talking might, about, about and then experiments we recording. And, uh, and other things we're working on. But yeah, man, you know what? We're doing this with video so that we don't screw this up and we still screw and, it up. And yeah, we're, we're still it's, doing it. It's 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 slightly worse. No, we we had a, a Steve a, was a great... actually waving to say hi. That was great. Yeah, like, and, I was like, oh, and I'm like, what what are you doing, dummy? Oh my god. <laughs> So we are talking today about experiments, some of which have involved souring. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the experiments that we've been working on in the past are ones that are still ongoing or what we have planned to do in the future. So mm-hmm. let's kick it off. And I'm going to stop talking because I seem to be messing up my words here. And I'm going to kick it over to Steve. Mm-hmm. Steve, tell us about your experiments. Okay. So it's funny. Just before this, we were talking... Uh, just like a post meeting, just talking about some stuff because I'm I'm finally brewing that watermelon goza. It's it's been way too long, and depending on the episode order, uh, it was promised like five episodes ago, maybe ten episodes ago. Who knows? Uh, and we weren't recording, so as a result, I'm actually not going to talk about that and talk about another experiment that I've been running for a while. Well, we can we could tell them we're recording right now. Today is it's October. Yeah, beginning of October. And this was supposed to start in like July. Uh, August. August. August was when the so when we did the, the competition. <laughs> yeah. So that's two months. Yeah. So I it, it'll get done, boys. Don't worry. Anyways, uh, so anyways, this other experiment I've been working on uh, originally started when a uh, uncle or. Uh, my wife's uncle asked me to create a beer that he had back in England from way back in the day. He's an expat, uh, which was called Watley's Red Barrel, if I remember correctly. And Watley's was very interesting because apparently it was a shitty beer, like a really crappy beer. And it it turned out like they were using um, just crappy malts and then they were packaging it and just sending it overseas and it was an import. So people were buying it sort of thing. Uh, but it was notable for two things cause it was, I used acidic or acidulated malt or acid malt, uh, for one of its main components. And then the second thing was when they went to, uh, basically it was, uh, carbonated in bottle or in keg. And what they did is they added an ingredient to do that. It wasn't just like simple corn sugar or anything along the lines of that. They added something called invert sugar. Now, invert sugar is something you don't hear a lot about. And it only really comes in play with... uh, It's usually Belgian beers around the lines of that. Like it's... um, It's because it's a sugar addition. And like Belgian is very famous for like their candy sugar additions so adding like a darkened uh a darkened sugar mixture into the beer to give it like a very sweet flavor or to really boost the uh specific gravity so then the uh the yeast has a lot more to eat so it makes high alcoholic beers and what makes invert sugar a little bit different is you have to actually add 
I think it's lactic acid. I'd have to go grab the bottle. It's sitting in my brew supplies. But you add lactic acid to a sugar water mixture and you boil it. So what that does is it darkens it. So you get some more uh, roast, like not roasted, but more like dark candy flavors out of it. But what it does is it takes the sucrose, which is your standard table sugar, and it splits it, the lactic acid, into glucose and fructose, and which gives the, uh, the sugar mixture a very different flavor. So that's kind of the backstory of this thing. And so Uncle asked for this like years ago, and I've made a couple batches of it since, uh, and I've never gotten close. So like there's a recipe online that they, you know, they've kind of assembled from Apocrypha and, you know, talking to all this and like the actual recipe is locked in a vault somewhere. It's owned by someone else. But with this, it, it was supposed to be an approximation and I've made it a couple times and it's just, it's close, but it's not quite there. And where I keep on screwing up is I think in the, well, I think it's a bit of the grain. I think the grain's better. <laughs> Just the caliber and quality of ingredients are better. So it's not this crappy beer anymore. But it's also, I keep on screwing up the invert sugar. So last time I was trying to make invert sugar, I, uh, you got, and of course, so I had to get a candy thermometer for this because you need to have a thermometer in the solution to make sure it doesn't get too hot. Because you get too hot, you'll scorch it. And then once it's scorched, it's basically... Uh, the flavors on are just going to be completely off. And uh, I babysat that thing for a whole lot, like basically an hour. It's only supposed to take an, like 30 to 40 minutes to actually make the, the level I needed, which was level three, which is quite dark. And it got stuck. And it turns out, I think I put in 10 times the lactic acid I should have. So, whoops. <laughs> and as a result, like... I put it in and I think that's, I, again, it wasn't the right flavor and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, crap, and I have now I've got like two little mason jars of this ruined invert sugar that I've been trying to use in other stuff uh, that I should really just throw it out. But it's like molasses now. It's like a, a sticky candy mixture. Um, but as a result of doing this kind of experimentation, I've picked up a couple recipes, other recipes, that have invert sugar in them. And I've been basically experimenting with them uh, to get, you know, very interesting flavors. Because I think that's an ingredient here, at least in North America, that's not pl played around a lot. Like, I've never heard of it being used, even in competition beers and stuff, uh, until I was looking up this recipe. And even since then, haven't really heard a lot about it. It's usually Belgian candy sugars when they're talking about, like, sugar additions to uh, to beers and stuff. So, yeah, that's kind of what I've been experimenting on. So, really cool nerd point about this. I've just been reading about invert sugar. Yeah. The actual name invert sugar comes from the fact that light refracting through the, the sugar solution changes its rotation. Uh, through the process and when it crosses that zero degree rotation it's considered inverted oh yeah huh <laughs> i don't think i actually ever looked up why it's called invert sugar just that it was invert sugar it, it's there's a really deep like physics and chemistry rabbit hole there if you're interested. yeah that's the, di the different shapes of the glucose glucose and the fructose molecules refract the light differently 
Huh. That is actually really interesting. Mm-hmm. Weird. <laughs> and with that little scientific diversion, on to Rob. What are your experiments? Yeah. So, I've been uh, playing around with, um, uh, I guess, some fresh hops lately, because I got... My aunt has some growing in her backyard, so I went over to pick some. I have no idea what they are. They smell fine. <laughs> Squish them in the fingers. You know, you get that oil while you're picking them. You know, all the oils all over your hands and stuff, so your hands smell like awesomeness. And uh, yeah, so I mean, it's it's hard to say for for any home brewers out there, anyone who's actually listening who's brewed. A key a key thing to know about hops is the alpha acid percentage so that you can kind of estimate how bitter something is going to be um this is total mystery so i've got like half of a shopping bag of this stuff and i've used i don't i don't, I don't know how much that would weigh but it's not it's not very heavy uh, fresh it's... hops are not they're very full of air, almost. Yeah, they take up. They use a lot of space, but don't weigh very much. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, but like in for me in a, in a recipe, I normally use like one to two ounces of a hop, and this one I used three off of the for the full boil. I hope it's enough. I don't know. It's if it's not, then I, I I'm either gonna get something very sweet, or because there's so much sugar, I'm gonna get something very alcoholic. <laughs> so it might turn into like a seven or eight percent beer and then just tastes like sugar water but since i have more well i don't know when you do fresh hops ideally you use them right away i've got them in the fridge so i don't know if they'll still last until i get to try to use them again or not but i might have to move them to the freezer and then try again yeah they they should last in the fridge for a little while but uh yeah it's kind of a use them sooner rather than later unless you're gonna process them or something like that yeah, and then the other one I haven't had a chance to do so yet because I've been... Oh, actually, I've been playing around with loggers. I've got... I finished one. Ooh. I finished one. I got one on tap, so I used... What did I use for this one? So I used the, the Hogarth Pale Malt with uh, Copenhagen Lager from White Labs. Copenhagen Lager Yeast. Okay. And uh, so it tastes... It actually came out pretty good. Uh, it came out kind of like um, it tastes like a Heineken, but a little bit sweeter. It's not as dry as a normal Heineken. That does it have the skunk flavor of a Heineken? No. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually quite tasty. It's actually going through pretty quick. And then I got um, I got another one on the go right now. It's just sitting in the fermenter. It's only been a couple weeks. Still going to be about another month. Um, I'm trying a the Mexican cerveza lager, hmm. but I'm using some red shed amber ale and some two row. So I'm kind of going trying to try it for a kind of a red lager kind of deal. See how that goes. Yeah, so we'll see how that comes out. In, uh, about around Halloween time, it should be about ready. But yeah, hmm. it might be a scary beer. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of what I've been playing around with. And then in Q, I want to do a sour. I've never done a sour before. I have I have the lactobacillus yeast for it. I just haven't done it. 
been trying to do some reading and some research first, so asking some people questions. Um, not that I'm scared to do it, it's just that if it goes wrong, I want to know what went wrong. Mm-hmm. So that it's not like you just throw everything together and be like, how come it didn't work? Let's try yeah. the exact same thing again, and then yeah, no, it didn't exactly. work again. Which is hilarious that, yeah, again, we were just talking about it before the podcast, and it's like, oh, this would have been a great discussion, because it actually was a good one. And Yeah, yeah, we yeah. were recording. <laughs> yeah, not recording. Uh, for another time, we'll, we'll get back into it. Yeah, uh, yeah that's great. Uh, Brendan, what are you been experimenting with? So, I don't, I don't brew as frequently as you guys do. Um, so my experiments are a little longer running and a little bit fewer and far between. But for the last <laughs> couple of years, I have been trying to make an IPA that I am happy with. Um, <laughs> and I've been struggling. I'm looking back through my brew target here, and I've got five dis- different recipes over the last three years, which I've been playing with. And all of them produced tasty beers that I really enjoyed drinking, but did not... Um, me my definition of as brew target describes it way hoppy (laughs) (laughs) or like very hoppy or whatever there it's like all the way off on the right and i tasted it and i was like oh this is a good ale yes and you're you're saying like west coast ipas not more like hazy new england ipas or anything like that right well i mean in in a lot of these it's it's more that the malt is overpowering the hop edition which is mm. counter to what an IPA needs to be, right? So whether you're doing a hazy IPA or an East Coast IPA or a tropical IPA or a Western IPA that tastes like trees, all you're trying to do <laughs> is make sure that the hop flavor is the most pronounced or the hop aroma is most pronounced. So that that's what's uh, <laughs> that's what's amending the flavor. And I mean, and to be fair, I mean the initial ones that I did, I tried to start with a good ale base and then just add a bunch of hop to it. So obviously the the malts and the ale base were um, o- overpowering the the hop base. But the last couple that I've done have been smashes, <laughs> and I'm still not quite getting what I want. So I'm keeping up in the the hop additions, but I also want to be make sure that I can drink it. So I'm not going way off the the deep end here and adding ten ounces of hops and in dry hopper, and and I do want more of the the hop aroma as opposed to just the pure bitterness so I, i'm tending towards more dry hopping hopping secondary and stuff like that and trying to get that expression out of it and maybe that's part of what's holding me back um but so yeah, similar yeah. i was gonna say so you're not going for an ibu race you're kind of just get trying to get ibus high enough than all the other flavors in the background or in the after that fact yeah and, well and again it's not it's not a bitterness race it's a a hop flavor, a hop addition race. And I know that it seems like those two always have to go together, but depending on the timing of the hop addition, you should be able to get one and, and not too much of the other, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's good. I'd recommend that. I mean, in B, when I was in BC, I had a beer called the Centurion. It's called Centurion because it was 100 IBUs. <laughs> Ooh, that's high. It was way too much. Imagine doing Century Club with the Century. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah. You get sick, man. You like yeah. you wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah, you, it you get sick. Oh. <laughs> um, but anyway, similar to Rob, I, I also have a a small supply of whole hops, fresh hops, uh, from my in-laws' farm, off in Saskatchewan, which I ended up I had a pound.
pound and a half, and I gave uh, a portion of it to Steve there so that he could play with it. And my yeah. plan is to throw everything that I've got left into my next smash beer and just kind of brute force <laughs> to really understand <laughs> what these IV, what these hops are. Um, Sounds like the, a solution, Brendan. Darn too. The brute right. force solution. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, the, the plant where these hops came from is going to be producing every year, and it has for the last 30 years. So if I can figure out what these taste like, then we can figure out what exactly we want them to go in and how to balance it. And so I basically identify a hop variety by making a beer out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's it's kind of like you take the whole cone and you kind of squish it and you kind of you know smell it sort of thing and that that might give you a bit of a clue but you have no idea what like the alpha betas are or any of the other phenols or anything like that in it so it's yeah trial no. by fire like we don't and... have a lab to set up and to do with a whole like you know stoichio was it stoichiometry 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 uh to do like you know isolations and separations and all that kind yeah. of stuff yeah, no we're, we're, we're still very much kind of homebrewers at heart so oh, that could be fun to set up though oh yeah absolutely yeah once once we get a, a the actual brewery opened we can have a little lab and do do that kind of stuff absolutely but let's get to the point where all of us has a pump first and then we can yeah, start working on the chemistry first. labs yeah <laughs> it does help a lot Oh, absolutely. The the couple of brews that we've done with the bigger system now and borrowing your pump there, Rob, have changed. I've, I've got my future brewing system built out in my mind <laughs> uh, and where the pumps are going to go and how it can slot in either our uh, little half barrel system there or my typical homebrew uh, five gallon pot. It's waiting for the next house and then it's just all going to be built out. It's gonna yeah, be beautiful. yeah, I actually need to just think down, <laughs> sit down and think about it too because I've got some extra pots or some old gear that I don't quite use anymore that I use just to heat water. So I'm like, uh, you know, technically I've got three pots, so I could do a three-pot system. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. all I really need is another pump. So two pumps. Yeah. And, uh, that would give me two pumps and, uh, and basically a place to where I could actually have it set up all at one time. Because right now I only have one, one burner. I use natural gas. Well, that's fine. You only need one burner. The, like, the the system I have in my head still uses three pots, but you only have one heating element. Because you can always use the brew kettle to heat your water and then go to a hot hot liquor tank. I was thinking then, in terms of like how to keep the mash at the temperature that you want. True, but that hasn't really been a, an issue with the the cooler systems that we've had. It's true. Mm-hmm. They those those hold temperature well, and I we haven't we haven't tried the Mondo cooler yet that we've. Uh, purchase for the half barrel system the half barrel mash tub <laughs> um but i imagine that'll be similar so anyway anyway <laughs> future future experiments with uh equipment and setups that we haven't built yet well yeah because like uh i've got the pilot system now which i'm going to be brewing the goza in and uh like i've done the batches with you guys but yeah doing that uh do, doing it for myself that's going to be uh, quite interesting to do though i endeavor to not have a boil over like you guys did that's uh, that's what i plan on doing <laughs> is not having that boil over 
So I think if we're if we're not there distracting you, I feel like you have a better chance of not boiling it over. Yes, he is so paranoid at this point. He's just gonna stand there and watch that pot <laughs> yeah, just the watch whole time, the entire time. Be like, yeah. no, you're not gonna do it. And then the second like a bubble comes up, it's like, no, turn it down. Like, <laughs> Turns out, watch pots do boil. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you take 240 volts and pump a crap ton of energy in it, yeah, they will eventually boil. Any, anything will boil eventually, yeah. <laughs> but, well, uh, so, yeah, I, I guess that, uh, I mean, that's all we're really directly working on right now. Um, yeah. We never have an end of stuff to do. There's always fun little experiments or little tweaks to work on all the time. Oh yeah, and like there's always like for me it's always new hop varieties. I'll choose something that I've never heard of or seen of before and be like, I want to do something with it because uh, uh, what was it? Uh, your roommate after the brew competition uh, told me, and of course I did it to myself. I force carbed too close to the competition date, uh, but he said afterwards that uh, that dry hop really came alive, and now I want to do it again because I'm like damn it <laughs> I, I could have scored higher and maybe would have would have been able to dethrone the missing peach uh so yeah i want to basically create that again and see how it does but it, well, it has, the, it has to go in the queue the missing peach was also force carved relatively close to the competition so yeah it, and that's maybe that's the thing unfortunately it really chokes the flavors when you do that and you got to give it time to carb or time to Equilibri- uh, achieve an equilibrium after uh, after you force carve it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but that that's another experiment for another time. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I think that kind of wraps up the episode. Then um, I was gonna say, Rob, if uh, someone wants to talk to us about experiments, how can they contact us? No problems at solutionsbrewing.com. I did a Yay. little fist pump there too. Uh, (laughs) and as always you can contact us on our social medias uh instagram and facebook at uh, solutions brewing co and twitter still exists i think so yeah you can technically yes but yeah no solutions one i think it is it's Uh, like brew i one brew yeah don't even bother yeah, don't even bother. <laughs> don't even bother. <laughs> it's there, technically. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, thanks to everyone for listening, and we will catch you at the next episode. Yep. Take care, everyone. Take care, everyone.